Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Denny Artachi Show podcast. I had the pleasure of uh, going to Buffalo this past week, spending some time with some great partners up there. And you know, from time to time, we like to share what we do for clients. And I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing one of my partners who's so successful, so um, works so well with clients. I've learned a lot from him. And, you know, we, we like to talk about how we treat clients, how we educate them, the process of investing, social security, and things like that. So I hope you will enjoy this as much as I did because, you know, I always pick up something and uh, my friend's name and partner is Mike Hayflick. He's based out of Buffalo, New York. We just had a great uh, client appreciation. Literally uh, about 1,400 clients showed up. We had a band, had a great time. But uh, I did take time afterwards to discuss with Mike, hey, what, what do we do for clients? What's the process? How do we help them? And how do we educate them about Social Security and other things? So again, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Hayflick. Worthwhile. So listen, the whole point here is you, you're an ex-teacher. You're so structured, like Jay is. And uh, for me and others that I want to share this with, when clients sit down in front of you, um, excuse me, not clients, prospects. Mm -hmm. What is your process to make them a client? What do you say? What are the questions you ask? What do you show them? And how do you leave it at the end of the meeting so they, that they do want to come back and say, Mike's our guy? Sure. Ooh, that's a lot right there, Denny. Um, I know. I, I think the first thing would be when people have heard of us, uh, whether it's for the brand, you know, of what we've spoken about on radio, podcasts, uh, maybe it's content. You know, I'm a social security claiming strategist. So someone might come in and say, I need help in that specific area. Okay. They might not listen to the radio. They might not really listen to or see anything on YouTube or podcasts or anything, but they have content. They need help in that specific area. Yeah. And we're an office of specialists. You know, that's what I think really differentiates us is you don't come in and just see another advisor. And they, there's a lot of good advisors out there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them are generalists. Having a collaborative team of specialists allows us all to say, listen, I think you're in the right place at this time in your life because I'm a specialist in this given area. Okay. Retirement income planning, social security claiming strategies. Being a former educator, I'm a, I'm a you know, I think at heart, a coach, someone that you, you know, you try to really explain and interpret things for people. So I think when they've come in the front doors, I make it about them. It's no longer about our brand. It's no longer about anything they heard on the, the radio in terms of like local state or national politics, nothing like that. It's about them knowing who we are. It's about me helping them. So that's interesting, but let's assume that people around the country do not have a 30,000 square foot wow factor yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. have here. Yeah, sure. And so they come in either for Social Security, whatever it is, but now, and you show them the office, it's mm -hmm. about them, but now they're, they're sitting in your seats. Yeah, yeah. And you say, hey, I specialize in whatever the case is. Sure. Then what do you do? Well, the very next thing I do is I, I get into my office with them and I thank them. I say, you don't know how grateful I am that you heard about us, you think we can help you, and you've actually made the trip here. I think too many times we assume that, you know, we're bigger than them or something. Like <laughs> like we're 
we're more important than them. I have an office with my name on it. Like that is not the point when you first meet people. The first thing is you want to be warm and you want them to hope, hopefully feel like when they leave the office that they're going to say when they get in their car, because they, you know, we all talk when we get in our cars after appointments right. like this or visits like yeah. this. And I want them to say, you know what? I kind of felt good in there. I liked the building. I, I liked Mike. I liked his office. I liked the presentation. See, this is why I love interviewing you and Jay. Look at that. Start off the interview with gratitude. Hey, thanks so much yeah. for giving me the opportunity to help you. I, I don't know how anyone couldn't do that. Given because the if industry. you don't think about it, it's kind of like if you don't ask for a referral, you assume they're just going to. But if you don't remember to ask and right. if you don't remember to tell the client so when they first sit down mm -hmm. thank you so much for right. giving me the opportunity to help you right i'd often say to our principals mike lomas and glenn wiggle even before i was in this business now i think it marks 10 years this month that i've been in this industry and and they you started me, off part-time right you're oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah i just want to do this part-time let's see how it works well i was a teacher <laughs> i transitioned in i knew i would come into this business but yeah for two years i still taught and okay. then was building a business understanding what these guys wanted to do uh, what they were doing and how i would fit in but i would say to mike and glenn holy cow you know they'd tell me stories you know anonymously about prospects and reps and and how reps fumbled handling people. And I'd say, are you kidding me? Eight <laughs> years, they may have listened to your radio show. They finally reached a point in their lives where they need help. They counted on you guys to be the place to at least find out what do you do. And then you're telling me a rep fumbled it and made people feel unwelcome. Like maybe this wasn't the place they heard about on the radio. It's I, hard I was, to believe. I was, I was the one getting like angry and I wasn't even in this business yet, but <laughs> I'm thinking that's disgraceful. So I always think, you know, they may have listened to the radio. They may have come to workshops I've done. Yeah. Um, whatever the case, it's not always their time to come in immediately. So if it's one, two, three, five years, seven years later, I have folks that came in seven years ago. The gentleman is now 64. I said, Joe, do you know you were actually 57 when I first met you? Well, here it is. It's time to retire. It's time to make some big decisions. So my point is... People have listened, people have trusted in us, and then they finally make it to our office. It's all about them to anyone they come here. You, you know, you crack me up. I, I, I admire so many things that you do. You're like the, the, you're like the boy next door. You don't come across as, you, it's like they come and talk to you and, go, and they leave and they go, honey, did we really just give Mike all of our money? Yes. And, and we felt uh, so good about it, too, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, we did, dear. We're like in Mayberry. <laughs> so, but uh, all kidding aside, that first appointment, you never talk product, right? Never. You talk process. You give them the homework yeah. assignment. Yeah, I, I could tell it like this. I'd say it's there's four P's, and, and I think some advisors and people have experienced the yeah. loss or the omission of some of these P's. It's first people. Yeah. So getting to know who are you? What are you trying to do? Mm -hmm. How did you hear of us? Um, then it's process. Explain a process that people are going to go through. Um, with our team, we start with the first appointment. We give homework. We call it a homework packet. They have to fill in details that we couldn't get in this first meeting. And that kind of, I mean, I like that because when I have fumbled in sales, I go back to square one because mm -hmm. I think 
it lets you know that they're serious about solving their problem. They're not here just, hey, Mike, I got this money. I want to make a rate of return. Thanks. Right, right. Right? No doubt. And I think the process is so important because I've often said it here in Buffalo, uh, Terry and Kim Pagula, they're very famous for now owning the Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, and helping to really rejuvenate downtown Buffalo. I'll say to people, you know, no offense, Denny, but if it's either you alone as a prospective client coming in, or if it's Terry and Kim Pagula, you will experience my process, right? It's the same no process, matter who you no are. What, I'm right. not going to be rolling out the red carpet for certain people. And for some people, shorten a process to 10 minutes, right? It's not that way. I have a process. If you're willing to follow it, I think we might get along. I think you'll find out if we're the right fit. If you're not willing to follow a process, you're just not the right fit. So, Mike, you really, that's important, right? It's its like the takeaway close. So if they're like, if a client says, well, Mike, you know, that's great, but I don't really have to, I, you know, I just, I just want you to take care of my 401k, okay? What yeah. do you say to that? I say that's just not the way we do things. <laughs> because the third, the third of the, the four P's is product. So people process then product. If I don't know who you are and what you're trying to achieve, if I don't give you what our process is and you don't agree that you'll follow that process, I'm not going to talk about product, right. right? I'm just not because too many times I think we st set up relationships, whether it's in our personal lives or in our professional lives, on very unstable ground, on, un on unsafe foundations, and I'm just not going to do it. I mean, I'm 54. so. I'm not the guy coming out of college saying, oh, my gosh, if you're living and breathing, I want your business. It's kind of like the uh, the doctor who says, you know, I can look at you and know what's wrong with you. I don't need to take any tests. We <laughs> yeah. don't need to do any blood yeah. work or do right. any x-rays. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know what I'm doing. I got so this like, little blue pill, though. Yes. Danny, why don't you just take it? You'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. want to go back to uh, my days as a teenager. No, thank you. Right, um, right, right. But it's the same thing, isn't it, Mike? Okay. And, and they have to buy into that, that, mm -hmm. look, this is a process. We're not shooting from the hip. We're not product pushers. Right. We're right. going to solve several issues. Mm -hmm. And here's the important. We're looking for lifelong relationships. Absolutely. Not transactional Transitory Absolutely. And there are transactions you'll make along the way, but the, the fourth P is performance. And I'll be assessing my client's performance once they're, they're on board. Because if I hear that we're trying to reach out, yeah. they're not responding to our voicemails. They're not responding to, to emails. They're short or, or um, you know, ignorant of our administrative staff trying to reach them. That's their performance. And I'm judging it and saying, listen, we had an agreement, like we were right. in a partner. Mm -hmm. Our performance, of course, is measured by what I do, what I said I would do, and if I'm actually doing it, putting a plan together and keeping the plan intact, but also the collaborative team of our in independent investment team, Independent Solutions Wealth Management. I mean, if the money isn't being managed well, clearly people are going to notice, people are going to say, whoa, 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 you guys aren't doing the right things for me. So all of it matters. The people, the process, the product, then the performance is evaluated and every time we meet with people, which is generally every six months. Yeah. And, and, and you're all on the same page as far as expectations go. Mm -hmm. Now, this is another thing that you do. You are such an anomaly. And I need to learn this because typically my clients, I've gotten 90% of them on that first meeting. 
you have mastered the drip process. <laughs> you, you keep a tickler CRM file <laughs> yeah, where people yeah. say to you, you know, Mike, you call me more than my advisor does, so here's my money. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you structure that you, because you have really gotten a fair amount of people sure. by dripping on them. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, how do you know, I guess, if they say it's okay to call me, you keep calling them, right? Sure. Is that how it works? Absolutely. What is your process that you drip on people? Yeah, I mean, now, thankfully, we do have a system that can track prospects when we last reached out to them okay. and what the plan will be moving forward. But going back 10 years, I'd meet people, I'd have a hard copy folder of them, and I'd write down on the, the folder, right. this is what you know Denny and I talked about. I said I would call him back in two months. So what would I do? I'd go back through my folders every week and say, oh, it's the week I'm supposed to call Denny again. Mm -hmm. I'd call again. And Denny, I would say to people, listen, until you tell me to stop calling, are you like, please leave me alone? <laughs> I will keep touching base because that's what I committed to them as a prospect. I said, you might not need me right now. Would you be okay, though, if I called you after the new year? next spring, whatever the case might be. I think it's our obligation to show people that even if you're not working with us, I'm making a commitment to you because you reached out to me. You know, you sought my help. And if they do say, Mike, we're good. You know, my nephew is our advisor. He'll be our advisor forever. Um, we don't need you anymore. I'll say no problem. Keep me posted then. If you ever do in the future, then I'll make them an inactive prospect maybe go back over them because I can't yeah. help myself. I always think people might say they don't need you. And two years later, especially after crises like the the COVID crisis of March 2020, yeah. through all this volatility we've experienced in 2022, I might still go back to those people who I've said are inactive because I want to know if they're getting the right care. Are you actually getting what you expected? <laughs> you know, like I, I just think that people need to always get help. I need help in many respects. Just ask my wife. But I mean, in the advisory <laughs> you services, and me both, pal. I, yeah, we we all need help <laughs> in this area. People need help, and they need attention. Right, and they need trusting people who are going to give them the attention they need. And so I'm What's I'm kind of like a dog on a bone, you know. I until people say, please stop. Well, again, you're you know you're an educator. You're you're user friendly. People get that genuine sense like, wow, this is a nice guy and he really does want to help us. I, I think they, they don't get the sense like, you know, this guy's trying to make money on us and he's just like the rest. Well, and here's the point. If you think that way every day you go to work, then it becomes about you. Yeah. And then it becomes about what assets came into the firm. I can't control that. All I can control is my process, my attitude. And my behavior. And so yeah. I can come here at 6.37 in the morning and leave 6.37 at night knowing I did everything I wanted to do. Whatever happens from that point on, it's going to happen. I can't control them coming on board. I can just give them my best kind of self and my process. And then, you know, if it's a good partnership, it'll form. I think um, I always love our conference every April because... We have such a collaborative culture, and uh, you and I joke about this. Lomas is famous uh, for where they say, Mike, why why would you share all your secrets? Yeah. And he's, he always says, 
because advisors are lazy and I know they're not going to do it anyway. <laughs> right. So they're not going to steal any clients yeah. from mine. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but right. we have such a great, I learn stuff every day. That's why I pick your brain and I always make a joke. Uh, I do a lot of emails. So I think the partners do rock, paper, scissors. All right. Who, whose turn is it to, to respond to Artachi's email today? Um, he's got another damn enthusiastic idea. <laughs> It's your turn. Respond. Um, but I love the fact that we all do share, yeah. you know, no uh, all of our secrets and our processes. Yeah. One last thing. Yeah. You got me certified in Social Security claiming. It's so important. It's the paramount cornerstone for any retirement. So talk about how you put that into your practice because yeah. that does separate us from mm -hmm. so many. In fact, no I'm going to do three Social Security workshops the fourth, sixth, and ninth next month. Mm -hmm. um, talk about how that's changed your business and how you talk to clients about Social Security. Yeah, I think I think going back, um, it was back in 2015, late 2015, yeah. that I decided to become a specialist in that area. You know, largely because I'd realized people really didn't understand what what to do, meaning when to claim, what the rules were even if there were strategies. And so the typical advisor I found when asked if, if they should, people should take or not uh, social security, they'd simply want to stay their friend, so to speak, right? I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> disappoint my clients. You know, I don't want to be the one who denies them a monthly income. It's real simple, Mike. Just take it at 62 and you break even at 78. Well, right. And if you said, Danny, if you came to me and I was a 64 year old, let's say, they might say, well, Denny, what do you want to do? And you might say, man, I, I'll tell you what, twenty two grand, uh, 2200 a month would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and the advisor is thinking, heck yeah, because then that's less money coming out of his IRA, his brokerage account. That's more money in our coffers that I'm getting a fee on, right? That's what a typical you advisor really, might say. You really think they, they think about that? If they even, you know, so, so they're thinking... I make a living with Denny's money. It's far better if the government pays Denny than if our funds are leaving the firm. Bad advisors will think that. Innocent, naive advisors are going to say, well, Denny, if you really want to take your Social Security benefits, go ahead, pal. Like, I want you to be happy, Denny. <laughs> right? We're pals. I manage your money and make a living, by the way. But but what about, I want you to be happy about this. So yeah. go ahead. What about taxation longevity? They'll say, "Oh, you know what? I don't know how Talk long I'm going to live." Talk to your CPA, <laughs> and your CPA will say, "Okay, you you took Social Security, Denny. Great. It's got some tax favorability to it, but all right, it's now in the mix. Let's get to work. Let's see how you did tax wise." My point is, it's such a profound amount of income over a lifetime it's 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 far more important to me than talking about did we get one and a half percent more of return this year on your wealth i mean think about this if you have some clients 40 50 maybe 80 percent of their income might come from social security yeah like modest living you know yeah. and and if we're not talking about it it almost gets to the point of being neglectful Mike, to our I, think, clients. I think what it is, is there's so much to learn. That's why, you know, yeah. most advisors, believe it or not, want the path of least resistance. I know, of course. Uh, you know, 
when you do processes, that means, wait a minute, I'm delaying when I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. Hold on. That's what it is. Yeah. And life, business, is not easy. Right. right. Successful people are those that are willing to do what unsuccessful people are. Agreed. You're not taking the short path. Right. So as you validate your value and you get them thinking, oh, maybe, maybe Mike's right. I could delay it for another two years. It'll mean six figures more in benefits right. because I'm going to save in taxes. I'm, get a, I'm going to get a higher amount. And yes, Social Security has cost of living adjustments. My investments do not. My pension does not. Mm-hmm. And, oh, here's the other thing, too. And, and part of my presentation is people say, well, I'm taking it because I don't think it's going to be around. It's going to be bankrupt. And I, and I say, if you think they protest about other things, wait and see if they decide <laughs> Social Security goes bankrupt. But the truth is they have about $3 trillion in the fund and they pay out about a trillion in benefits. Right. I really think that they'll probably just move the goalpost to keep it, you know, Mm -hmm. in place. What is it, 2035 where the first, if they do nothing, uh, they'll have a shortfall, but they'll still pay obligations of, Mm -hmm. what do you think, 78%? They they claim it would be somewhere around 76% of their benefits would still come. Think about this, though, Danny, and you're in this area, too. Guaranteed income. Yeah. It's... It's ta- highly tax favorable in many situations. Yeah. It's inflation adjusted. Now more than ever, 40 years ago, 1982, there was a 7.4% COLA. Not until 2022, coming into 2022, was it even closely as big for 5.9%. Right. And now here we are, we just reached a month where the inflation rate was still 91 what kind of income do people have that will actually give them those kinds of cost of living adjustments? They don't. None. Right. None. Even pensions might give modest inflation adjustment if you're lucky enough to have a pension. But our wealth has to grow. It's very hard, even from an investment standpoint, to consistently have cost of living adjustments. It really is. Agreed. Totally so, agree. And so, there aren't any. It's investment return. You're taking on investment risk, interest rate risk. We're right. facing it right now as the Fed raises interest rates. We're facing the risk of taxes going up in our futures, which I believe yeah. will. And then the biggest exponential multiplier of all of those things is longevity. Yes. They can keep us alive. I have so many clients that that come in and say, Hey, we hadn't seen you in about four months, but you know, Al here got a new valve on his heart. And I say, what? <laughs> and Al, you're like, Al, you're sitting here right in front of me. I'm so glad you're here. But they've got new hips and new knees and new parts every which way. They can keep us alive. And, the, and if anyone thinks that the biggest too big to fail system called social security is gonna go away, I would, I would highly, highly I, I don't like conspiracy theories. It's a promise from the government. And, you know, the old adage of, well, I don't think I'm going to live that long. Well, what if you do? Yeah. Do you want to err on that side? Right. Versus... So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Do, do you want to keep your standard of living or do you want to eat cat food and live in a shack? Really? Because that, that really is the new fear of right. outliving our money. No doubt. And, and think of it like this, I guess, in parting here. Would you, you know, would you rather be thinking at retirement, the moment you retire, I need to figure out now when I'm going to die. So 
get out your when am I going to die calculator yeah, sure. and let's do a break-even analysis to make sure I get X amount of dollars out of the Social Security system. Now, to your point, what if as time is going on, five years, 10 years in, we see another pandemic, another major crisis in the markets? Now you're anxious. You've already gotten a little bit of anxiety going into retirement because you're thinking, stay healthy, come on. I don't have, I've only got 12,000 out of the system, 100,000 out, I gotta keep living to 78, 82. You should not be entering retirement anxious and stressed. You should enter it knowing you did all the things you could have done to secure a really, really long retirement. On your deathbed, if you didn't hit the break even age, whatever age you thought that was, do you think you're really gonna look back and say, son of a gun, that guy Denny or that guy Mike told me not to take social security right away. And we don't advocate, by the way, for all delay. There's a lot of cases to take at 62. Right, where it makes sense, especially if, if right. uh, that's all they have going and have Absolutely. no other assets. But, but I will say this, a lot of times we don't see those people then. That's true. Because they don't have wealth to manage. Right. They have only limited income coming. They cannot work anymore. But in some cases we don't. So. So I guess my point is, you know, you're never going to look back at 72, finding out you've got now terminal cancer and think, son of a gun, I just screwed this up. Like I should have taken Social Security far earlier. In many cases, you, you and I deal with a lot of people who are married, the bigger benefit stays in the household. So if I'm the guy who waited until 68 to take Social Security because you and well, I hope you got something out of that. Uh, I'm going to share this on social media. You know, we, we don't mind sharing with other advisors. I mean, I think uh, not everyone will always take uh, direction and not everyone's always going to practice the principles. But it was really nice, again, to get reminded of, you know, what we do, how we help clients and the process we go through. As always, if you'd like to know more, the office line is 561-537-5897. That's 561-537-5897. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Denny Artachi Show.